Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, cats. The cats tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish. There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Happy Wednesday, May 18th. This is Kentucky Roll Call Roll on Big Call. X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. I am Nick Roush. He is Justin Campbell. And Justin, what the hell? You got to say Roll Call one time and you don't know how to turn off the music. The music is slowly being faded down like it is every single day. <laughs> you did that yesterday too, though. No, yesterday was a malfunction. <laughs> Today it sounded how it's supposed to sound. Really? Sounded nice and good. Well, Transition down. It, well, it's, I guess I'm not used to hearing the instrumental um, start back up. Yeah, so in the yeah in the rejoin, the music stops briefly, and then it yeah, yeah. Like starts back up. Yeah, so, so you're right. It's so that, that just threw me off a little bit. That's all right. wasn't me. This is the song. Blame Trevor. It wasn't me. It's a, it's a Wednesday. Blame Trevor today. Let's, uh, let's get wacky today, Ooh. ladies and gentlemen. Hump day. It's a hump day. Um, there's not much happening in the sports world, so we can get as wacky as you want on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Giving out more tickets to Bourbon and Beyond today. Yep. We got an update and on yesterday's selection. Oh. So, Chris Stapleton, Doobie Brothers, gone. Off the list. Off the list. <sighs> that that was my favorite coming into this whole ticket giveaway. That was the epicenter. And they uh they and, went second. Yeah. Which by the way, epicenter six to five favorite for the Preakness Stakes. There's no money in that. So um we've got some things to get to. We're gonna give away tickets in hour number two. I actually have a guest coming on the show. Uh wow. at eight thirty this morning. Look so, at you go. Yeah. Heath Klein. He talks South Carolina. I'm really just curious if Everybody in Columbia is as drunk on Spencer Rattler juice as the rest of the SEC media is. So we'll get you know we'll get a little heads up on what's happening with the Gamecocks uh, this fall. Uh, but I uh, I got a I mentioned Epicenter the Preakness Stakes they had their post position draw Monday afternoon. Justin Preakness they really lived up to their uh, low budget name. In this, it, it, everything about the Preakness Stakes draw was exactly what I envisioned from them, where you had each horse called, and they would show like a graphic. It would be like Epicenter, and they'd show a picture of Epicenter. But it looked like some like a production that I personally would have put together, where 
the dimensions on the photos don't always match up, so it's like <laughs> stretched out. And it's over just the most generic background. It's the same generic background that Stronic uses for all of it. And uh, if you've ever heard the name Stronic before, they own Santa Anita, they own uh, Gulfstream, and uh, they also own Pimlico, a couple other tracks. They're very much uh, reviled and hated among the horse racing industry. People don't like these people at all. They got a lot of money. They don't really spend it. People don't like it. Yeah, it's a, if only there was a race from two weeks ago that we could pull footage from for these horses in Preakness, you know, and, and that, and that what was a bummer. Was, yeah, it's like you couldn't at least fit the image where it's not stretched out. I mean, now granted, some of these horses, uh, like one horse won an allowance at Santa Anita and is shipping over this week to run. So like you might not have the highest quality of photos for some of them, but this race, what? The, my favorite part of it, too, of the post-position draw, Justin, was that the Preakness, they're all on, which I appreciate. They're like, you know, we got to get people in the door. We're all in on infield concerts. So I think the last time my friends went, uh, it was the year Justify won the Triple Crown, and uh, they do concerts in the infield each year. That year it was Chainsmokers was their infield concert. And, you know, it gets pretty rowdy for mm-hmm. something like that. Um one of the previous years, Shaq did a DJ set, which, like, that would just be awesome. Yeah. Like, you'd get rowdy as hell to watch Shaq just stand up there and, like, I don't know, throw his hands up and down, raise the roof. I actually saw a video of Shaq yesterday doing a DJ set, and somebody had a basketball goal, like, in the crowd. And so he, he they threw the ball up to him, and he shot it, and he made it. <laughs> he made it? <laughs> and everybody went wild. He oh, threw his man. hands up. That yeah, would be awesome. It was cool. I, I thought you were going to say he did like a free throw shot and it just clicked. It was probably longer than a free throw, to be honest with you. But yeah, he's his free throw shot. Weirdest free throw shot mm-hmm. ever. Fingertip thing. Yeah. Gosh, so bizarre for somebody so good to shoot like that. But that's awesome. That's awesome. But Preakness, they're all in on like, we're, we're, we're doing our bits. We're doing our gimmicks to get the people of Baltimore to come out to our show. Well, So they're doing the same thing for the post position draw. They had a band. Play the end, and not just any band. It was, and welcome in to the other room after us. Without further ado, Grammy Award winners, Chicago. <laughs> Did Chicago play the post position draw? Now the pictures make sense. They didn't have any left in the budget. <laughs> they blew it all in Chicago. Which, like, do that many people even sh- I know that for the Derby they do, I guess to make sure there's a good crowd. They're going to have the band there, but like who shows up to a post position draw besides the connections and horse people? Are you, are you selling big tickets to it? <laughs> I, I guess they have to sell big tickets to it. They're going to have Chicago in, but what a wild choice. So that's this weekend, right? That is this Saturday. Uh, post position or, or post time, excuse me, is 7 01. Uh, like I said, Epicenter is the. Six to five favorite. You've also got uh, early voting who skipped the Derby. Uh, it's a front runner that got upset in the Wood Memorial by nose by uh, to Zandon. Uh, no, not to Zandon. Your horse. Who was your horse? Mo Donegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Early voting's the speed horse. They figure it'll do better at the shorter distance. That's the second choice. And then the Kentucky Oaks champion, uh, Secret Oath. Does that horse have a shot? Has a shot. I, I was. I was really upset that Rich Strike didn't run uh, in this race, Justin, 
only because I had the perfect post ready. <laughs> I save it for Belmont. And, well, no, but I, I can't because it, it was deja vu. The, this race was setting up to be exactly like Mind That Bird. It was going to be deja vu. Mind That Bird won the Derby at 50-1, to 1, went to the Preakness. People didn't think it was going to win. I actually ran a good race, went off at 6-1, to 1, but lost to the, the Oaks champion, Rachel Alexandra, that year. Um, and, and it was setting up to have a similar circumstance uh, where Secret Oath could have come up and, and, and beat the Derby winner in the Preakness. That could have been a fun scenario. Now um, we'll have to see if the Oaks champ can beat Epicenter, who drew from the outside. It's a little bit further outside. Uh, simplification ran in the Derby as well. That could be have some decent speed to it. But Is that common where the Oaks winner would win a a next race? There's only been six Phillies that oh, have okay. ever won the Preakness Stakes. Gotcha. So, not too common. Not too common. But they'll run them in that sometimes because it's like, okay, we like we like where our Philly is. Let's go beat the boys. So, I'll be cheering for it just to get some decent odds. And, you know, it's, it'll be fun. Yeah. Preakness not going to have as much uh, pop this year. Not going to have as much pop. But we're going to have plenty of pop on today's show. Um, we actually had somebody tweet into the show that wants to ride me out a little bit. Well, yeah, they're not. They're. Do you want to word that differently? You didn't. You never used to say that when you rag on somebody. I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's not a great, great choice of words. Okay, <laughs> somebody was ragging on me. Because our sweet prince has been suspended. James said, care to comment, Roush? After Brad Cox got handed a 10-day suspension. For what? His horse had too much drugs in it. So, Bob Baffert situation. Yeah, and the thing about Baffert that, like, my hatred for Bob Baffert is less about drugging his horses and more about his horses coming to the Derby and wrecking my bets and him just being kind of a, Smug SOB. I just hate the West Coast horses. They run like six horse races. It makes me mad. But in, Baff- in, in in Brad's case, it's very similar where it's like this drug is allowed. Just you have to, you can't do it on race day. And it had too much in the system. The thing I don't get is he's serving this 10 day suspension. It got handed down over the week. What I don't get is that it's from a race that was in last June. What? Yeah. What are we. Stephen Foster was rained last year. I don't. I, I that that part I don't understand. I mean that that's like the equivalent of the NCAA coming in and finally punishing Louisville. Like what are we? Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah, seriously. Which, by the way, how many days has it been since they got in trouble? Seventeen thousand. At least a thousand. Yeah. But I I would like to believe though that uh, the system is rigged and Brad Cox. It was all a setup. So Brad would never cheat. He's not a good for nothing trickster. He was set up. By Bobby. That, connect the dots. <laughs> connect those dots. Starting horse racing rumors. Uh, we got <laughs> some things to talk on the show. We need to get silly. We need to get wacky. Uh, Justin, did you I, – I, I've got to bring up something from the world of football because – it's uh, it's we do radio, and every radio show ta- in the world has to talk about this today. Do you know what I'm referring to? No. Tom Brady's getting roasted on oh, Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the sports story that I'm everybody pumped. has to bring up. Those roasts suck, though. 
Do you, you don't like them? No. Oh, I mean, I guess it really depends on who's who's there. It, I, I think the supporting cast goes a long way. Yeah, yeah, and I think I enjoyed them when they were new, but when you start getting to the real B-list celebrities, I just don't care. You consider Tom Brady a B-list celebrity? No, I, I, I don't. But like, even when they did the Justin Bieber one, the point of a roast. Justin I, Bieber hadn't. He hasn't been along or in the industry long enough. To get roasted, yeah. Well, but he so was I getting, disagreed with that one. He was getting roasted too. Like the point of getting roasted is you get roasted by your friends, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it funny. Is because they say jokes that aren't just like the jokes that you would hear on a nightly talk show. Right. It's it's personal stuff. Like I, they did a, a roast for Matt Jones down at the Omni down here. Oh, I bet that was great. Oh my god, it was one of the funniest thing. I mean. <laughs> It's Chris Tomlin, who's very funny. He wrote some of the jokes for some people um, so that there could really be some zingers in there. Uh, you know, and you, you can't retell. But, like, Drew Franklin got in his zone, and it was one of those things. I think Drew, he had the room in the palm of his hands. I think he could have stayed up there all night just ragging on that. <laughs> he was just letting loose. It wasn't It wasn't necessarily a uh, Oscar Nunez, like, just tearing him apart, but... He could have kept going and going. That's see that, and that's what's funny is when you get the friends around. So if you have like Rob Gronkowski, oh, he'll he'll spout off some funny ones. Yes, and they're going to be very dumb, but he's going to have a good <laughs> delivery. And that so th- okay, I'm coming around to it. I think this one can be good if they have the right people in place. Oh, I think it's going to be awesome. I mean, just the previews of it. I, I don't know if you've seen any, but it's alluding to Giselle's husband and. All this stuff. Like, it, it's Tom Brady, but they're calling him Giselle's husband. So, uh, yeah. it's, it's already off to a great start. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I like the roast, personally. Tom Brady with me, I, I still don't know how I feel about him being a media darling now. He's, he's going to get paid a gajillion dollars to join Fox once his career ends, which I'm assuming he's going to be after this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... The thing about Tom Brady is he was one of those he was one of those few characters one of those few celebrities that as as social media's come along we learn more and more about these people and they they we've demystified the celebrity. It's not like Prince or, or Michael Jackson where back in the day you just didn't know anything about him and there was this sort of it was a different kind of fame. And Tom Brady, I think, had that for a while. Mm-hmm. He had that when he was with the Patriots because he was this quarterback robot who, under the dictatorship of Bill Belichick, wouldn't, you know, he, everything was kept close to the mess. We got the canned answers. There wasn't a whole lot out there. Yeah, like the Calipari in Kentucky situation. Yeah, but like, well, at least with his players, yeah, where they would kind of keep things. You said all the right things. You did all the right things. And Brady, and that's kind of why I hated him. He was like the Darth Vader behind the mask, you know, who was running Bill Belichick's evil empire. And ever since he left Tampa Bay, I I officially did my, my turn on Brady at halftime of that, that Falcon Super Bowl. That was whenever I... You know, I was a little bit older. I wasn't just a kid. Like, I, you know, I was a Kobe hater. I, I was a big-time hater when I was a kid of people who were really good. 
I came around at that halftime as I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to – like, this guy's the greatest quarterback ever. He can do the greatest comeback ever. I want to see this. And since then, I was like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy the hell out of Tom Brady while I came because he's awesome. He's so good. See, I didn't appreciate that moment like I should have. I mean, like, looking back when I reassess how I felt about that situation, for me it was more so about just how crappy the Falcons were as opposed to how great Tom Brady is. But now, I mean, I've, I've turned the corner 180, and I, I see Tom Brady's great. It was, I love Brady. You, it was more of the – it was like the golf meltdown, the Sean yeah. Vandeveld, where yeah. you're just like pointing fingers at the people who lost it instead of the ones who won it. Yeah. Whereas like the ones who lost it, I mean, they didn't – a lot of it was just Brady and them being perfect mm-hmm. in that second half. Um, but uh, back to Brady, the – I initially enjoyed his kind of when he went to Tampa, his freedom from the chains of the evil empire. I initially liked it, but now I don't like he's good. Don't get me wrong, but it is weird to see him. It's weird to see him be a human and not just Darth Vader, you know? Mm -hmm. And I kind of liked having him be this larger than life figure. I know that's, that's probably a hot take. Oh, he's been great in the media, and people enjoy him. But like, kind of, kind of like the 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 man in the high castle, Tom Brady. Well, then that would be saying that you liked him with Bill Belichick as well, because if you if you think about that whole situation, he is the way he is now because he's not under the shadow of Bill Belichick anymore. I mean, he 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 is able to be free. He can talk to the media. He can. We we've just seen such a fun side of Tom Brady since he's been in Tampa Bay. And, and you know what? Some of it is, it goes back to the, what makes Belichick good is that every move is calculated. Mm-hmm. And this was calculated by Brady. He knew that to end his career, he had to go somewhere else to show his personality a little bit so he could ink up the $375 million 10-year contract. And then you know what? If he wants to be done, if he doesn't want to be the man in front of the microphone anymore, 10 years from now, he'll be in his mid-50s. Not a bad time to retire. By the way, it's pretty crappy how athletes, especially the ones like Tom Brady, make as much money as they do during their career, and then it's like, oh, you want to broadcast? Here's just as much money you made in your playing career. Or it's even, crazy. Or even more. Yeah. yeah it's cause, nuts. Because Brady, he was a big pay cut guy in New England. It's like, what? these guys should retire and just do this for fun. Like, well, why, are you, why do you need $375 million to do broadcasting <laughs> for 10 years? You don't, Tom. Well, and part of the reason why it was so much is because he had all the leverage in the world. Fox yeah. lost their A team. Right. They needed the big name. They got it. And in all of this uh media uh the 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 kind of uh arms race for talent in different spots. It amuses me that Tony Romo, he started all of this. But he's going to ultimately be the the low man on the totem pole by the time it's all said and done. I don't think he cares. His golf career is taking off. Is he going to make the U.S. Open? I don't think so. But he has. I've I've seen him in a couple tournaments. He's playing pretty good. It's uh, unbelievable. I saw Danny Woodhead, the former NFL journeyman running back from Nebraska. I think he was probably best with this chart with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. It's probably his best team. He is. Uh, he's. He's made it to the final qualifying round of the U.S. Open, so like you know, you, you kind of have your 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 step ladder. He's he's made it to the the last rung to make it to that uh, that ultimate challenge, and that's why the U.S. Open pretty cool. 
Tony Romo did not make it through qualifying. Right. But he shot a, shot a plus three. Three over. It's not bad. Doesn't can't That's make qualify. I mean. That's he, crazy. He, he's not bad, but he's still not. He's knocking on that door of being good enough to qualify for a tournament like that. Mm-hmm. He'll get in. You that confident? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen him play enough. I mean, I've, I've, I'll have to look for it. I had a video on my phone of Tony Romo. It was probably about three years ago. He hit a ball up into like the grandstands. Like where you would go, maybe where like the PGA Tour shop was, and right. he hit it off the deck of this aluminum frame and got it on the green. So I believe. Oh in Tony. wow! I believe in Tony. Okay. While we're on golf, love golf. Might as well touch on my golf topic for the day. Have you heard of the Barbasol Championship, Justin? Yeah. Yeah. The turn of the PGA stop in Lexington. It's been there since 2015. I've been to a couple, and it's fun, but it's basically, you know, not not to slight those, but it's kind of like a minor league tournament because it's always been held the same week as the British Open. They're changing that this year. Oh. Yeah, they've moved up the Barbasol Championship at Keene Trace in Lexington. They moved it up a week, and they've made it the final qualifying spot for the British Open. How about that? So whoever wins this tournament hops on a plane to Scotland to play in the 150th Open Championship at St. Andrews. Has it has it it means something now. So. Yeah, yeah. And cool. I knew that like in my head, I, you know, I was thinking, you know, all of the all of the big stars, your Rory's, your JT's, your Speeths of the world, they go over early and they get acclimated to the time zone and they'll play in a couple of European tour stops beforehand just to get used to the style of play etc cetera, etc cetera. and it makes sense so i you're not going to get that level of superstar um that's going to be playing this tournament but you're going to get a better caliber player because it's not conflicting and the other thing i didn't think about there's going to be a lot of people a lot of good guys from europe we don't know about that are going to fly over to try to qualify for the british open to little old lexington yeah Makes sense, though. Be cool. Speaking of Spieth, did you see Tiger's grouping? I have not. Who's in oh, his Oh, it's great. He is with Jordan Spieth. Okay. And Rory McIlroy. Oh. For the for the first two days. That's awesome. That's, all, that's a that, great that's, three. That's going to be the featured group yeah. on all of the yeah. services. And did you see Tiger smashing the ball, too? He is. His leg's healthy. He had that's a funny he joke. He was like, hitting golf balls isn't hard. It's walking. That's the... <laughs> I, I disagree. I'm I'm the opposite. I yeah. think I think walking's cake. Hitting a golf ball is damn hard. Well, you did have sore calves after playing golf. That's true. People forget that. Yeah. People what, do forget. That's what that. I get for playing in the mountains of Indiana. I'm gonna bet Jordan Spieth today while we're over here in Indiana. Not not a bad choice. I mean, like like Luckett was saying yesterday, he needs it for his career grand, grand slam. So yeah. and when you're hot, you squat. Yeah. People say. Do they? That's what they say. Let's get wacky today. No topic is off limits. Brad from Bellbrook, you've been bringing some fire hypotheticals. Give me some of that on the Thornton's text line. We're going to get to a break. Next hour, giving away tickets to Bourbon and Beyond or Louder Than Life. We're also going to talk a little SEC football. Don't go anywhere. Justin Kale and Nick Roush will be right back with more Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Oh, go.
Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. My grandma drank all my pot. That is great. I'm just saying it's cool. I mean, how many people get to say that in their lifetime? Welcome back in to a wacky Wednesday of Kentucky Roll Call. Nick Roush. Roll Call. Justin Kalen. Big fan of the Grandma's Boy Drop. <laughs> that uh, I mean, that movie came out in middle school or so ish for me, like oh five, oh four. Is that Adam Sandler? Uh, it, it was a Happy Madison movie, but oh, he okay. wasn't in it. The guy who starred was the guy who uh, I don't know. He he's played a bunch of different bit Is parts. Michael in Michael Cena. I don't think I like the kid who's in that movie. No, the guy, the kid who's in the movie, the robot guy. Was in dodgeball. <laughs> JB, I don't. I, I can't think of the guy's name though. Who I don't even know what other parts he's in. I think he plays the caddy in Happy Gilmore. He's in a, but he's in all of those Sandler movies, and he's the lead. It's just the most ridiculous, and it's also a great just Sunday watch. Sunday Comedy Central afternoon kind of deal. That's a pretty ridiculous cast. Very silly. Linda Cardellini's the the love interest in that one. Who the hell knows Linda Cardellini? I only well because she's pretty she's been in a lot of stuff, but I do only know her name because she was in like the the Muppets Disney Plus show <laughs> that we'd watch with do. I had no idea what her real name is. I always just called her Wilma from Scooby Doo. She was <laughs> Wilma from Scooby Doo. You know what I do know, Justin? A great place to go on Wednesdays is Salsaritas. Oh yeah. And I just got an email. If you download the Salsaritas app, they're having deals all the time. Double the points Wednesday. I don't know how they stay open. What does that mean exactly? I don't know. But basically, if you go in and you get a quesarito today, you're going to earn so many points that the next time you go into Salsaritas, your meal's probably going to be for free. Like TJ. It's a heck of a deal. Yeah, TJ, he racks up Salsaritas bucks all of the freaking time. It's unbelievable. He's just rolling in salsaritas. The tacos, the fresh guacamole, the spicy salsa, the well-marinated meats. They've got two locations, one on Hubbard's Lane in St. Matthews and one in Middletown on Shelbyville Road. Download that app and go check out salsaritas today. Middletown has a drive-thru, by the way, which today it's going to rain all day. That might be your spot. Glad I got my garden planted yesterday. Yeah, great timing. This is going – I was going to do – because my grass needs cut – I was going to do four straight days of yard work, Justin, but I actually Settle the down. rain's going to stop it. Settle right. down. Pretty crazy, right? Four straight days? You can go home and do it after the show. It's going to we, start... we got a few hours. Yeah. It's not supposed to rain until like noon, one. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Probably not. I'm if, a if you don't I'll do it today and we get a lot of rain, it's going to be a jungle the rest of the week. Eh. Be tough to cut. You'll have to weed eat it. It's not that bad, though. It's a little yard. But so I did uh, one day it was power washing, one day it was planting stuff. I don't even know what the other day was, but we're we're chipping away. Got the garden planted last night though. Moving dirt, it's heavy. Did it you is. know that? It is surprisingly. Yeah, not a not a big uh, fan of dirt moving. No, no, and we also did not have a wheelbarrow. 
Mm, rookie yeah. mistake. Yeah, and typically neighbor like I know neighbors have wheelbarrows that I could borrow, but it was since it was election day, wife got off early, so we did it early. Nobody's home at noon on a Tuesday though. True. Unless you're old. Even the old or write for a website. Yeah. Or both. Or you were out voting. <laughs> we we get we did get the election results in. Uh Justin, you'll never believe this. The people who had the most money to spend on advertising won their elections. Wow. Was, yeah. was the mayor was not in this election? Yeah, it was. It's uh, primaries, and uh, Greenberg, Craig Greenberg, uh, beat out uh, the activist that was running. I forget her name. Um, I don't have it in front of me right now. Hmm. Yeah, I kept looking. But, I but, didn't. I didn't see a mayor. So, but that's how the uh, you spend more money. People know your names. They go into the polling place. They circle it. That's how it works. Pretty simple. Uh, Morgan McGarvey beat out Attica Scott in the Democratic primary for that open for John Yarmuth's seat. He's retiring this fall. And there's a runoff, though, for the Republican spot. I don't know if it's actually a runoff, but it was within a percentage point between Stuart Ray and uh, Palazzo. One of those people get the right to lose to to McGarvey this fall. Because Louisville's going to vote for a Democrat to go to Congress. So if it's that close, they both move on? No, 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 no. One of the two will – they'll end up choosing one of them. Okay. But they, they still had not decided. It was too close to count last night. I was uh, – we had a, a family friend last week. I think it was last week they did Indiana primaries. Mm-hmm. She was running for county commissioner, maybe, something like that over in, in Indiana. Lost by 14 votes. Oh! 14 votes. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. I do um, – I, I do enjoy, I ask my uh, lawyer friends, like, what, who are the good judges? Who are the bad ones? Because I don't know. They know better than anybody. Mm-hmm. They have to deal with them. So it was fun to pick their brains a little bit and learn who's the real jerk out there. They're the right choice get made. I don't know. I okay. haven't seen the results. Gotcha. But one person they definitely don't like got voted out. So... Take out a big old suck it and suck it. Uh, let's, let's, let's get to some sports, Justin. Yeah, did you watch any NBA last night? I did not. Why? I probably should have. You know, it was, it was a sleep by 10. It was a, it was a really weird game. It was, it was a lot of runs, just back and forth. And then Boston just couldn't score for they – they didn't score their first field goal in the third quarter until like five minutes left in the quarter. Yeah, and, and from my understanding, that's where the heat kind of took control. Mm-hmm. No Al Horford, though. No Marcus Smart. What was wrong with them? Uh, Horford is in safety oh, he's in protocol. protocol. Yeah. I love how we, do, we don't even call it COVID protocol anymore. It's health and safety protocol. But it's about just call it COVID protocol. <laughs> and then Smart, I don't, I don't know what was going on with him, but if either of those two play last night, I think the Celtics probably win. But Jimmy was unbelievable. 41 points. Unbelievable. That guy, is there another player in the NBA who you don't expect to be good and then he just constantly puts up performances like Jimmy Butler? I mean, I can't think of another guy who I trust less in the NBA but constantly performs. The um, the thing about Jimmy Butler, and I go back to that Timberwolves practice where he was like barking at Carl Anthony Towns and stuff, is I, I think what makes him a good fit for the Heat is that he knows he doesn't have to do that every single night. Mm-hmm. 
But just whenever we're talking about superstars and doubting if the Heat have enough firepower, can Jimmy Butler be that guy? He goes out and throws up 41 in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, and it, they need it. And, I mean, when you're getting 10 points from Bam out of bio, like what? Hero, Hero had 18, so he had a good night. But you need more than 10 from Bam. Yeah. But, hey, you know, he's getting his feet wet, slowly but surely. He only got that. He didn't get that against Horford. Like should Horford we should we look at the updated juice? Because I'm still on Boston. Still that confident yeah. that, the, that the Celts can win the series. Yeah. We have the uh, we have the Western Conference Finals beginning tonight. I think that's an eight thirty tip off as well. Wait, what? There's no way. What are you talking about? The series? Oh, nine o'clock. Okay, nine o'clock. I was like, "There's no way they're tipping off at eight thirty. That would be awesome. It'd be too good to be true." Yeah, that game because that game last night didn't get over till almost midnight. I stayed up for the whole thing, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch any of the draft lottery? I caught a little bit of it, yeah. Magic, number one pick. How many years in a row is that? Does it not Feels seem like, like the Orlando Magic get yeah. the number one pick every single year? Like, what? Heat are still plus 295. Celtics are still plus 310 to win it all. Oh, they like the Western Conference. Yeah, Warriors are the... Uh, as for the conference winner, Heat minus 135. Celtics plus 115 to win the series. Not a lot of juice, but there's some juice there. You can take it if you want. Did the Magic have the lowest odds to get, like, were, were, were they supposed to get the number one pick? Not sure on, I don't, I don't I think, think so. I think now they actually have it to where three teams have about equal chance. I'm trying to see how many number one picks they've had all time, because it just, it seems like so many. Well, they've at least been in that top four or five a lot as of late. I mean, that's how they got Bamba, Aaron Gordon. Who are some other top picks they've had over the years? Uh, Dwight Howard was a number one pick. Yeah. Uh, Shaq and Chris Webber were both number one guys. Back-to-back, 92-93. They traded Webber, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So th- this is only their fourth number one pick. That's super But they've surprising. had a lot of top five picks, though. Because yeah, Gordon have. went second. Bamba was, like, third. Oladipo was second. Yeah. I want to say they had somebody picked pretty highly last year. Magic, very uh, – you, J- forget, you forget they exist. Jalen Suggs was a top five, too. Is he doing anything? Like, I just – I could not tell you any information about the Orlando Magic. Same. They're the most un- inconsequential NBA basketball team. I can tell you uh, Greg Anthony's son plays there. Cole Anthony? Okay. Yeah. And he was one of their top – he was the top pick for them as well. Yeah. They're going to get another top pick, and they're still just going to be ho-hum. Where do they go with it? Is there, who, is would you, there, who would you go with? It, I don't know that there is a number one guy this year. I mean, but there's there's a consensus among the, the top. Like, we have Paolo. Would you, okay, would you take goofy-ass-looking Chet Holmgren, mm. Paolo Bancaro, Jabari Smith from Auburn, or do you get freaky and go with Jade Navi? about Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy's probably not even going to be a drive. <laughs> I would in that situation I'd have to go. I'd probably Powell. Just because of his size and athleticism. I mean Chet's big too, but I don't know that I trust his athleticism and his skinny bones like I do Powell. Powell's got some meat on his bones. Yeah, I think I would go Jabari Smith, 
just because he's the type of player that can become the franchise player. I don't know if I don't trust Paolo's outside shooting as much as I trust Jabari's. Even though Jabari Smith was not the like there was a couple times this year, and I blame it on Bruce Pearl and I blame it on Auburn's point guards for not getting him the ball. But there were times this year where like I, I could have trusted him to hit the game winner. You know, late, late in the game, you just give it to Jabari Smith. He goes and makes that play. There's one game in particular. I think it was that Georgia game that they, they didn't lose. They almost lost when they were the number one team in the country. And I think they lost a week later where he hit a couple late threes that really iced it. And I don't I don't trust Paolo to do that just yet. I could see Jabari Smith being like a Bobby Portis type player in the NBA. I see it the other way around. That's Paolo to me. Really? Just more of a banger. A little bit more of a banger. Because he would out-physical people in the post more than Smith would. Smith used a lot more finesse, shot a lot more fadeaways, stuff like that. Like when Jabari got in the post, it was like a fadeaway kind of finesse move, whereas Paolo could just bully smaller guys to getting uh, you know his kind of drop-step bucket. Yeah, but will that happen in the NBA? No, but I'm just probably not because you don't play that way, and he also isn't just physically outmanning people. But the way that Bobby Portis plays, that's that's kind of more Paolo-ish, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I do think, like, if you're going the, – the top five picks are pretty – I don't want to say can't miss, but, like, I think Ivy is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but he wouldn't go to Orlando with Cole Anthony. No, no, no. But just from, like, the, the top part of the draft, like, is this a quote-unquote good draft? I'd say yeah. And that's probably part of the reason why there for a while we were sold on the idea that Shaden Sharp might come back because this is a good draft. This is a good draft class. Uh, even further down, you know, Keegan Murray, Johnny Davis, mm-hmm. those are, you, I'm convinced those will be quality NBA I mean, players. Y- you know it's a good draft when, and I know their games don't directly translate to the NBA, but you've got just Oscar and Trace Jackson Davis nowhere to be seen on, on mock drafts. Right. I mean that that's that's how you know it's a good draft. And even a guy like uh Ugbaji from Kansas, mm-hmm. he's gonna be a role player and play for ten years, you know. And you can get him at fifteen or twenty. So um I'm not saying I'm confident that Shaden Sharp's gonna be coming back by any means. Is this the year that, that would be a reason why to come back and have a be that number one guy. Is this the year we're waiting on Nikola Jovic? Yeah, he well, he has odds to be the top overall pick plus thirty uh plus eighty thousand. So maybe he comes over. Where where where's this guy from? I mean, it has to be Serbia, no? Yeah, but is he uh I just think it's trippy that he has know him? his let his name is one because his name is one letter off of Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Like they're the same same name. Just one letter off. It's crazy. Oh, and it, it also, like, if you try to type in Jovic, it's like, did you mean Jokic? <laughs> no, I meant the young kid that we're trying to look for on the draft. He actually played the... He's uh, big. I know he's big. Yeah, 6'10", guard skills. Skinny little guy, though, isn't he? Mega basket. He actually, I think he was uh, on the team that played against UK when they went to the Bahamas few Oh, yeah. The mega basket team. Okay, yeah. Mega basketball. <laughs> Sharp, though, plus 5,000 to be the top pick. I would not take those odds. He's not going to be the number one pick. But he's probably going to be a top 10 pick. Sure. Just by working out. Good for him. Good for him. 
Justin, let's uh, uh I, I wanted to discuss a little bit of uh, UFL basketball coach. Oh boy, Kenny Payne. Every time I hear that name, I immediately go to Kenny Payne. Won those games. Yeah. <laughs> It rhymes. It sounds too good. Ever since we brought it up a couple weeks ago about having a horse named that, that's, Kenny that's Payne all I've wanted. Won those games. <laughs> he did an interview with John Rothstein. He's doing the kind of off season. Let's let's keep this media attention going. Recently did a podcast with Doster. Now he was on with Rothstein, and he he spoke about his uh, his rivalry with Cal, quote unquote friendship rivalry with Cal. Because Cal was one of those, as soon as Payne got that job, he said, you know, they should have got him the first time around. I was happy for him. I called Kenny, congratulated him. You know, they're, they're, they're close. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Payne said yesterday, you know, that they're, they're still going to be friends 364 days a year. <laughs> and Payne's quote was, the first thing I have to tell you, this is funny. Cal was speaking to someone. He called me after he did a speech and said, Kenny, I have to tell you what I told this group. There will be one day a year when I'm going to try to beat Kenny Payne's head in. I love him, but I want to beat his head in, and he's going to try to beat my head in. And I just, I immediately just imagine Cal Perry getting like a clipboard or a guitar and just trying to smash it over <laughs> Kenny Payne's head. Just that, that just amuses me. Basketball rack. Just be a lot of fun. I think the ultimate question, though, Justin that we have going into this offseason is we know you're friends 364 days of the year, but how does that translate when you're competing for players in the offseason? Are you going to do everything it takes, whatever it takes, by any means necessary, to get those recruits you're competing for? All of those recruits, by the way, are coming to the city of Louisville to play basketball here in, is it two weeks? Is Memorial Day two weeks ends away? Or one? I never know when Memorial Day is. I know it's May 27th. Let me just quickly look. No, next Friday. Next Friday at Valley High School, all of the recruits that they're competing to get are going to be playing against one another. DJ Wagner versus Reed Shepard. Isn't Valley where Mail and Ballard played? Yes, in okay, the regional that final. huge game. All right, huge and gym. That weekend, the EYBL is at the fairgrounds in Louisville. DJ Wagner plays on the EYBL. Reed Shepard's team does not. They are an Adidas team. They've got, uh, obviously, Shepard, but also the, the Indiana commit from uh, Ohio, the Ohio Mr. Basketball Cups. Gabe Cups. Yeah. yeah. So it's Apparently, it, he's got a – so I have a cousin that goes to that school. He plays on the JV team. He said, "Apparently, there is a player on that team better than Cups that's also looking at Indiana. Ooh. So, fingers crossed on that. But Cups and Shepard, they're on the Adidas circuit, so they're they're ba- essentially scheduling this exhibition just to fire up fans in the bluegrass, draw up some buzz. Probably going to lose the other team because on the other team you have DJ Wagner, number one player in the country. You have uh, McKenzie and Baco that." Was recruited by Kentucky, mm-hmm. committed to Duke, and then seven foot center Aaron Bradshaw, who cut his list to seven this week. A lot of people think that's a Kentucky or Louisville kind of deal, and a lot of people wisely believe that it's that that wherever Wagner goes, Bradshaw 
Bradshaw is likely to follow. I know in uh, on three's RPM, our recruiting prediction machine, Bradshaw is uh, Kentucky is the favorite for Bradshaw, but it would make sense that those two are the coveted package deal because not only are they AU teammates, they play high school basketball together at Camden. It would make sense for them to go to the same spot. You've got the guard, you've got the center. When's the last time Kentucky got a seven footer? Nick Richards. He was seven foot. Yeah, he's like seven one. Hmm. Mm-hmm. He doesn't think he was. They're close enough. Just doesn't seem like they come around all the time. But we had this enormous game. I, I think if it was so, like it's it's Friday Memorial Day weekend, Justin. I've already made plans, so I, I don't think I'll be making my way out there. But I do think it's going to be a very large crowd for this exhibition game between with all the Kentucky and Louisville interests. Kenny Payne will almost certainly be there. John Calipari will almost certainly be there. Sitting around the top track. How much does Cal want to beat in Kenny's head when they're there? <laughs> Are they going to sit together? It's not the one day of the year. So that, that, That's what I mean. Like I, I don't know what the dynamics are going to be. I don't think you can be buddy-buddy at these recruiting events. I right. think you can say hi, but I don't think you can... Sit next to each other and analyze the games. <laughs> right, right. Like yeah, yeah, I don't think you can do that. So I, th- this is there's a lot that's going to play out as we see in real time in this DJ Wagner recruitment. Apparently Michigan's trying to get in the mix too. Jawan Howard sniffing around, but it's still it's mostly going to be Kentucky and Louisville, and we're going to get to see it play out in front of our eyes at Valley High School of all places. Welcome to Dixie Highway, DJ Wagner. <laughs> Welcome to Dixie Highway. It's a great gym to have a game in though. Yeah, because you can fit a lot of people in there. It gets there's, not a, there's not a bad seat. And it's like a lot of those Indiana gyms where it feels crowded, but you can still get, you know, that's 8, 000, That's 5, a very, very good comparison because when I walked into Valley High School this past year, that I felt like I was in an Indiana high school gym. There's he, really only two gyms like that in Jefferson County. It's that gym and then manuals. And a lot of it's because in manuals you – walk out and you're on like the mid-level mm-hmm. they have bleachers up there they don't always get them out but you walk down onto Same the court thing. and that's how a lot of those indiana gyms yeah. are where you've got that's kind of a balcony yeah. um, type gym some of those are pretty cool they are i, I love seeing high school gyms just because they're all so different yeah and hopefully folks fill up this one if you can't make it out if you've already got plans if you're going to the lake um, but you have internet. I believe there's also going to be a streaming option to watch uh, these two teams play. What's also funny, too, in all of this, Justin, all of the Louisville, Kentucky connections, like Purvis Ellison coaches DJ's team. Purvis played with Milt Wagner and Kenny Payne at UofL on that 86 title team. <laughs> too many Louisville connections for my life. Hey, he do have a lot of connections. Cal, go do your thing. Go do your thing. Let's get to the Thornton's text line before we get to our daily double break and give out some tickets to Bourbon and Beyond and Louder Than Life on the other side of the hour. 502-414-1450 is how you text into the show. Um, And, of course, we're going to have some leftovers from yesterday. We talked a little bit about villains that we've had to experience throughout our times as Kentucky fans. I still love that Robbie Hummel is your villain, Justin. (laughs) I should have thought about it more yesterday. No, no, but no, but that is a good choice though because he, no, nobody else really hates Robbie Hummel. But he was a thorn in your side. You should hate him. Yeah, he was good. 
Rubber knees, though. Oh, Robbie. Glass knees. Texter says, Grant Williams is the biggest flopping B-word ever since Tennessee. Even if he didn't go to Tennessee, I think I'd hate him as a player. I hate his stupid face, too. That's the SEC villain. Take it. He did not watch the Celtics game. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, he shot a ton of threes in that the other night. Did he? Did he? He did, didn't. Did he, didn't he make like seven? I think he made seven threes in Game Seven. Yeah, yeah. Pretty crazy. Grant and Williams. One thing that really bothers me. I have a friend who he gets stuck on these like takes and stuff. He hates Tower Hero, loves Grant Williams, and it just drives me insane. So I'm going to get a lot of comparisons. Huge Kentucky fan that hates Tower Hero and loves Grant Williams. He's a Kentucky fan. Yeah. It's because he thinks that Kentucky fans are racist and only like Tower Hero because he's white, not because he's, that he's good. There's been way more black players in Kentucky. No, but he just thinks that he's, Kentucky fans only like Tower Hero because he's white, which is silly. Not not because he I'm was... I'm sure that certainly helps. Not because he was a great player. Yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah, well, was he ever clutch? Yeah, he hit a three to a go-ahead three in the Sweet 16 against Houston. Pretty big deal. So your buddy hates Patrick Sparks, too. No, I likes Patrick Sparks. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's just such a bad take. <laughs> and also, Grant Williams is like the most hateable person, uh, like objectively hateable, no matter what, like like this text said, no matter the school he played for, he's flopping sob. I don't really remember Grant Williams in college. I mean, gr- granted, I'm not haven't been following Kentucky, so I wouldn't have, have saw him as the, much. Those, and those Tennessee teams were good mm-hmm. with Admiral Schofield. Um, I forget who the point guard Admiral was, but they had, and that was when Rick Barnes first got there, and you were kind of surprised. We were ready to make those Rick Barnes never wins big games at Tennessee jokes. You know, mm-hmm. or, or, or he never won them at Texas. He gets to Tennessee. You wanted that train to keep running. Nope, he's actually been pretty good and beating Kentucky a lot. More times than Cal has beat Kentucky. Still hasn't won the big one. Still has not won the big one. Him and Dan McDonald. Yeah. Old McDonald. That's it. Can't win the big one. It's time for our daily double break. When we come back, we're giving back tickets to Bourbon and Beyond and Louder Than Life. Oh, go ahead and open up the phone lines, Justin. 502. 502- 384 1450. We're going to play a fun game. Hope you know your tunes. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen, rocking with you on a wacky Wednesday on Big X Sports Radio. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back to hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call. Roll Call. On Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Nick Roush and Justin Kalen hanging out with you on a wacky Wednesday where we're about to give away some tickets to two concerts that are coming this fall to the Fair and Expo Center. Bourbon and Beyond is September 18th. 
15th through the 18th, the following weekend is louder than life with incredible headlining acts all four days. And today we are choosing our headliner for today's contest winner. Who we got on the phone there, Mr. Scooter Dingus? We have got Sammy on the phone. Sammy, how are we doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I I, I don't really um, know the proto on this type of stuff. Am I supposed to give shout-outs or what am I supposed to do here? No, no. You don't need to give shout-outs. What you need to do is you need to listen closely. Uh, Scooter is going to play a tune, and if you can name the title of this song, then you get to pick which day you want to attend the festival. We've already got Jack White and Chris Stapleton. They're already off the board. So we're down to six possible dates for you to choose from. But first, you got to win it. Are you ready to listen closely to this song? Always been told I was a great listener right. by my <laughs> wife and teachers in elementary school. I'm, I'm sure they've said that quite often. Uh, Justin, let's, let's let it rip. Some funky Dixie Lambert and Mama come and take me by the hand. All right, cut it. What song is that, Sammy? Yeah, so this is a, a slam dunk because I have a friend, Connor, who used to play this for us uh. all the time as kids. That's going to be Blackwater by the dude. Hey! hey! Wow, we did it. We got a winner! <laughs> See, Justin, I was... <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if Sammy would get it because the name of the title isn't really in the chorus. Not a whole lot. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's one of those songs that people know the words to, but uh, Sammy, I'm, I'm happy for you. You nailed it. Now you get to choose. You can either pick from either of the four days at Louder Than Life with Nine Inch Nails, Slipknot, Kiss, or the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Very underrated on this headliner card, or you can choose from two days at Bourbon Beyond with Kings of Leon or Pearl Jam. Which one are you picking? So I am going to take the Pearl Jam day at Bourbon and Beyond. That's good. Saturday night, Pearl Jam, Greta Van Fleet, Cold War Kids, a lot of great bands. Congratulations, Sammy. You did it. You won. Hang on the line, Sammy. I'll grab some information from you. Wow. All right. Thanks, guys. Wow, he did it. He absolutely nailed it. And then there were five. We got two more days of contest giveaways on the show. We're going to have one for podcast listeners tomorrow to get in on the action. I like that game, though. That was kind of fun. Uh, These music festivals, they're some of the best in the area, and they aren't going anywhere. You can't say that about our friends down the road at Railbird. Last year, the Lexington Festival at Keeneland, it was a bit of a disaster, and there wasn't any water. People were getting dehydrated. It was a mess, logistically speaking. So they announced yesterday that they've canceled Railbird for 2022, and they're moving the festival to the Red Mile, which is it's only a mile from downtown, right there on Broadway, in the middle of Lexington. So it should, I, they're, they're going to have a year to get ready to get all of their, their concessions, their water, their setup, everything in order to where it shouldn't go off without a beat. I think it's a good choice just because getting to and from Keeneland can be a pain in the ass. Just on a regular race day. You're pretty far out of town trying to get Uber rides and stuff. Red Mile, it's, it's a bit of a hike, Justin, but you can make a one-mile trek downtown. Or you could walk over to KS Bar. Love that they just put this music festival for thousands of people right down the street from Red Miles and Lexington. Yes, yes. It's a harness racetrack. They've got, uh, don't call them slot machines, slot machines. Man, I hate harness racing. 
there's nothing worse than being on like the Twin Spires app and you bet a race and then you turn it on to watch it and it's freaking harness racing. God, I hate I love that you don't, you could bet something blindly without knowing that it's harness racing. Well, so now I know the logistics of the Twin Spires app. So I know how to switch back from harness to thur- <laughs> thoroughbred. But when I first started, no, I was betting on harness all the time because I didn't know how to cipher out what was what. Oh, they man. run like six miles an hour. It's so damn boring. You know who's uh, a big time harness racing profiteer? Who's that? Eddie Grand. He really? has a, he had a horse win like harness race horse of the year and won <laughs> so much. Nice. And I, I actually talked to him about it one day. He was like, "It's great. It's like thoroughbreds, not as reliable. Harness racing, you get a good one, it's just going to keep winning. Yeah. And won like um." $150,000 one year. And wow. the purses are much smaller in harness racing, sure. too. Because uh, nobody cares. <laughs> right, right, right. I th- although I do think it would be fun to be one of those jockeys. <laughs> much more laid back. Yeah, Tr- literally. It's also funny. They did uh, like an SEC story type deal where it was about Sam Bowie. Sam Bowie is also into the harness racing. And they showed him getting in one of those. It's not a saddle and it's not really a carriage. I don't know what they call it. But it looks like a little rickshaw. And it's so funny seeing a man that enormous in one of those <laughs> tiny little ride-behind deals. Very funny. Very funny. Um, Justin, we've got some controversy brewing. What? We've got some controversy brewing. What's happening? JCPS is very mad at the private schools for recruiting. Marty Polio he had a meeting with the athletic directors. He's the superintendent of Jefferson County Public Schools. And he said they're not um, – they, they, they aren't going to cancel games. But he said there is some concern about illegal contact. We're submitting it to the KHSAA. Um, he said, I was a little taken aback with how open some of the conversations were. And he's, he's basically – he's very mad that – JCPS kids are leaving to go to private school. The JCPS middle schoolers are leaving, and they're considering not playing those schools and other sports down in the, down the road. A lot of it is, in particular, at the Du Bois Academy, which actually, um, those kids, when they started that program, were right across the hall from my wife at Mail. But now, the Du Bois Academy, it's a... Um, they started it, it's K through nine, um, and, and it's, it's one of those schools that focuses on, um, I don't know the right, uh, the, the, the politically correct, like what the term they use, but like it's kind of, I don't want to say Pan-African studies, but they're really trying to uplift uh, black kids and kids in, from lower income areas, try to lift them up. Teach them life skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wear suits and stuff to the school. It's a, it's a different kind of curriculum. I really like the idea of it. It's a really cool school, really cool concept that they have. But these kids who are in eighth grade are like, I don't want to be a part of a new school. I want to go play for a state championship at St. X. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. JCBS taking their ball and going home is just the lamest thing I've ever heard. Well, it, this is not a new issue. No, it's not. In in the state of Kentucky no. or any state for that matter. I mean, this is this is going on across the country and has been for years and years. Yeah, and they back when I was uh in middle school, they talked about taking their ball and going home and saying, Private schools, you play your own state championship. Well, 
It was only there's only like five private schools that are actually it, it, it's the Saint X and Trinity rule. They get mad at these schools for recruiting, but you know what? You recruit it. Public schools recruit too. <laughs> if you're better, then it's easier to recruit, and that's the problem right now. Justin is you can't suspend school like you don't have rules at public schools anymore. And I know that there's a back in my day blah, 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 aspect of all of this, but. Um, to get a little bit off topic and go off the off the sports realm, like the lack of consequences for this generation, because parents are so overprotective, they think they're right, the teachers are wrong. Kids can't suffer consequences in school anymore. You can't if you give them detentions, they don't have to show up for it. They can skip it because they can't get suspended because JCPS wants their suspension numbers to be down. It's a cycle of crap where now you just have bad schools. The traditional schools of yesterday, like Butler and Mayo and even Ballard, where they could have a little bit more discipline at their school. You could kick a kid out. You can't kick kids out of schools anymore for being bad. Heaven forbid there's consequences for actions. So now we have bad schools. Kids don't want to go there. They go to private schools. Or now, I think the charter school bill thing, I think that passed. Now you're going to have charter schools competing, and the public schools are going to get it worse. So you don't want kids to recruit. Get better, JCPS. That's it. It's really bad in Florida in terms of all this. Well, and in Florida, they don't have rules where like you can transfer as many times as you want. You can play three different sports in a single school year. Yeah. You can you can go play schools. football, transfer, play basketball, yeah. transfer somewhere else, play baseball. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Luckily, we don't have that in place now. They're getting a little bit more free, but like you have there are consequences for some of these actions. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think for a lot of those South Florida kids, Kentucky's kind of pumped, sold their role there. It's not exactly Kentucky's culture to have that. When things get tough, you can just leave. Mm-hmm. Stuff always angers the hell out of me. I'm I, I I'm 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 very malleable. I'm very pliable when it comes to some um, otherworldly type deals, uh, but uh, or, or thoughts of lines of thinking. Some things it's like no, you don't quit. You want to get, just be better. Be better, public schools. Be better. Let's get to the Thornton's text line 502 414 1450. Stop by Thornton's today. Pick up yourself. Uh, man, I, I just love their food. I'm so hungry too right now, Justin. I don't want to talk about it, but Thanks it's for good. bringing us donuts, by the way. Appreciate that. I know, I'm trying to start the diet this week. <laughs> I'll bring it tomorrow. No, don't. <laughs> Big Blue Drew's Big gonna Blue be Drew here. is going to be here tomorrow. Well, we got to have donuts I bet you he brings them in by himself. You think? Because that's what he, he does. He didn't last time he was here. So I'll bring, in, I'll bring in the donuts tomorrow. Got a Thorns right by my house. Best Thorns in the city. You got cheap gap prices. Download that refreshing rewards app. You'll get even more off. Visit a Thorns today. Gas and cheap do not belong in the same sentence right now. Well, if you get that 88, you get 10 cents off a gallon at Thornton's, then, you know, you can get it down to around four bucks. It's brutal. Yeah, it is brutal. It's about like when I started to drive, it was this price. But yeah, people who act like this has never happened before. Oh, great recession. <laughs> when I started driving, it was 425 a gallon. When it gets to five, that's when I'm going to be like, yeah. You're, you're not going to drive? <laughs> no, I'm still, I'm still driving. <laughs> I'm just using my fuel points. Just be very thrifty. I can see you being one of those guys. Five dollars gallon. I'm out. Using give, all, give me a bike. Yep. I do have a bike. Just need to pump those tires up. 
Texter on the Thorns text line. Is there a better NBA playoff atmosphere than Miami Heat wideouts? I'd put the Warriors number two, but the Heat wideouts never disappoint. Well, it just takes a while to get them going, though. You know, the, the Miami traffic. Slow arriving crowd. Very slow arriving crowd. So, this was actually my thought that I texted in last night. Um, because I was, as I'm watching that game, every year... By the way, did you know that the Heat have sold out, was it 499 straight games? Yeah, but that's those aren't real sellouts. I mean, like, I get that that's like season tickets and stuff in there, but well, that's incredible. Like, I mean, my uh, family friend of mine was down in Miami, and he just sat in the lower, like he snuck down on the lower level for the game mm-hmm. because there was empty seats. There's, the tickets are sold, but Heat fans are notorious for being late arrivals right. to the game. Or not coming at all. Right. But... Miami, though, they do have – Miami's booming, right? Business is booming. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are relocating to Florida because of tax breaks. And did you see uh, Messi? He's going to be Miami Messi. Is he? Yeah. He's going to CF? There's a report that once his contract expires with PSG that he's going to get a 35% stake in Inter Miami that's valued at $200 million. I don't know if he's – I think he's buying that. Oh, so he's not going to play. I don't know if he's buying it, but he no, he's going to play as well. Oh, okay. So he's basically getting an ownership stake to play for them, which is smart because, you you know, it's a good investment right why, now. Why do we get all these European guys when they're on their downslide? Oh, that's just good business. Because so. you know that you can come over here and just make American money without, and you can still be good without having to. Oh, he'll be the best player in the MLS. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's only, I looked up his age. How old do you think Messi is? Uh, he's younger than I think. He's m- maybe 35, 34, 35. Yeah, he's only 34. So the time he gets over 35, he'll he'll play three or four years. Mm-hmm. And you can do that as an old man. But it's smart, though. It's just he's been playing for 16 years at the top of his game in Europe. So we just maybe we'll get lucky. He's older than he is. Maybe we'll get lucky and he'll play Louisville City in the U.S. Open. Ooh. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. So by the way, that's uh, a week from today. Yeah, I'll be there. Where Louisville City's playing uh, the Nashville, Nashville team yeah. in the U.S. Open Cup. So It'll be a hot ticket. Yeah, it is going to be a hot ticket. And they're having Waterfront Wednesday that night. Yeah, I have a, so um, live music's going to be happening right next to it. So I have an uncle who has season tickets for Louisville City. But he Ooh. can't go to the next three games. And somebody's got to take my grandpa. So i got to go to the next three uh, Louisville City games. Ah, there you go. What a bummer. Oh, real bummer. <laughs> Including that in the game against Nashville. Real, real bummer. Oh, I like this. Uh, speaking of JCPS, we got some JCPS scoop on the Thorns text line. Texter says that – hold up, sorry. I had a different tab pulled up. KRC scoop, JCPS returning to Mass Monday. Why would you do that for one final week of school? That's the dumbest thing I've ever Oh, They only have a week left. It's the final week of school, and you're going to make kids put on masks. Kids – Cannot be told to do anything right now at this point in the school year, which is universal. That's not just a JCPS thing. Nobody's getting anything accomplished in the final two weeks of school. You're going to tell them to come in and wear masks? Crazy. Stupid. I know COVID cases are going up, but there's a week left of school. Just get to the finish line. Right. Kid gets COVID, he's just not going to come or back to school. Just send him home for a week. Yeah, do, like what? Do, uh, do school from yeah, home. Yeah, <laughs> come on, come on. Text on Thornton's text line. If we're talking all time, it's Marshall Henderson is the biggest villain for me. 
The man was a troll, always taunting coaches, fans, super aggressive. I guess if you were an old Miss fan, you loved it. Oh, See, yeah. And there was a thing, is even though he was the bad guy, I loved him. Because, like... It was entertaining. Yeah, it just makes things more fun. Mm-hmm. Trash talk in general, I know I'm probably a little too pro-fight for most. <laughs> love the, I, I love the stirring it up, though. Absolutely love stirring it up. Do you, you I'm okay dying in here. You ever hit take a drink of water and goes down the wrong tube? Ooh. Whatever that means. Old that was, people that say that it, though, so it sounds right. <laughs> so I'm standing there in Paris. We were both in Paris. That's when I grabbed her by the waist and kissed her butt. It's a line from a great song, International Players Anthem. All time. We've played that on these airways. Oh, love it. Outcast Bun B. Can't get enough of it. Another texture on the Thornton's text line. Scotty Wilbekin, Florida Gator guard, was easy to hate. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, and he was kind of like uh, how Luckett said about Cash Daniel, where you need to be a certain level of good. He was just good enough to be hated. He was right on that fringe. Mm-hmm. Wasn't great. And that's what made him fun to hate, because he thought he was better than what he was. When it was the name for me, too. Scotty Wilbekin. He had some weird tattoos. Yeah, he was... Uh, I guess he was on the same teams as like Patrick Young. That would, make, that would make sense, yeah. And Patrick Young, which by the way, if you've never seen him on the SEC Network, he, he sometimes he just dwarfs the people he's with, <laughs> and you forget that he was like a 6'9", just enormous. And he was one of those two that you just wanted to see him like with shoulder pads on. He was so big, so physical. People forget that we almost got Kentucky versus Florida part four in the national championship, which by the way, you want to talk about all-time what-ifs? If Kentucky beats – or if, if Florida beats UConn, Kentucky's, win, Kentucky's winning that national championship game. They played him three times that year. The third time, they finally had it to where they – it was – Kentucky had them to win. James Young slips falls in the SEC Conference Championship game. But that was when you knew that this team was like, okay, I think something is going right here. In that national championship game in 2014, the moment was too big for them. I don't think it would have been too big for them if they're playing Florida. They knew those guys well. They were hungry. I, I think they're winning that game if Florida wins. So, Scotty Wilbekin, Patrick Young, suck it. You should have beat UConn. And then you should have <laughs> lost to Kentucky. Cats hanging another banner. It didn't play out that way. Two and three years. Ugh, that shucks. But you know what? If Kentucky doesn't lose it, then we don't have the 38-0 start to the next season. So, sliding doors moment. Let's get to our final break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little SEC football. We hate South Carolina. Does South Carolina hate Kentucky? No. We'll figure out what the hell is going on in Columbia and much more when we return to Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Nick Roush and Justin Cape. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. No, everybody's out to get me. I'm Trevor. Oh, 
welcome back into Kentucky Roll Call Roll on Big X Sports Go. Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Nick Roush and Justin Kalen. Now we got a special guest on the hotline from Columbia, South Carolina's 107.5. Heath Klein here to talk about the Gamecocks football this fall. And it's... We've reached a point, Heath, where we have developed quite the rivalry between uh, South Carolina and Kentucky. Kentucky fans, they share no love for the Gamecocks. Is the feeling mutual in Columbia? Are the Wildcats the bane of the Gamecocks' existence right now? It's definitely a source of some frustration for them because, I mean, for so long they really did consistently – win that game almost all the time they didn't dominate necessarily but they always seem to win the game and now it's kind of flipped you know now if you look at the last few years there's a couple that Kentucky's taken pretty smoothly but but there's a bunch of those kind of games where if you're South Carolina I mean it's like last year at home you're plus three in turnovers and you still managed to lose by six points there's a bunch of games where you feel like boy we left that one on the table and and one thing is clear, at least right now with the current divisional format, for South Carolina to get where they want to be again, where they were at the beginning of last decade for a few years, there's no way they can be there if they are losing to Kentucky. It's a program that has similar resources to them. Maybe maybe South Carolina's is a little better, although I think what Mark Stoops has done with opening up that pipeline into Ohio, you could argue the point, but... But you're a place where you feel like you're not losing these guys because they have better resources. You can deal with losing to Georgia or Florida maybe because they have better resources. This is one where you just feel like somebody has passed you, and that's a really tough thing to deal with. Well, and and, and to your point, uh, that's been the the blueprint for Mark Stoops is beat South Carolina, Missouri, and Vanderbilt consistently. He's 16-2 and against those teams over the last five or six years, I want to say. So that's how you climb the ladder in the SEC. Uh, But you got to think that they're at least on the right path after getting rid of Will Muschamp. Shane Beamer, does anybody dislike Shane Beamer? How has the the, the kind of uh, relationship been between the fans when Beamer was hired versus kind of how things ended last year going to Charlotte and winning that Belk Bowl? It helped a ton just because, look, most people like Shane because, as you say, he's a very likable guy. I, I don't know even Clemson fans. They've tried to find something or other to get worked up about. But, you know, right right now, if anything, it's just, ah, that guy can't, you know, he's a waste of our time. We will kill that guy. But it's not really personal with him the way that it was with uh, with other coaches, at least so far. And, and so you're right. He's very likable. But there were certainly still fans that thought, Hey, we should have had somebody that was some big name come in here, and yeah, it's a weird deal, and you know how it is. Mm. If if Kentucky's basketball job opens up, there's not a coach in America uh, that that fans wouldn't believe might want the job. If somebody said, "Hey, I hear Shashevsky wants to come back and wants to coach five years at Kentucky before his career is really done," somebody buy it. Well, South Carolina got Lou Holtz and Spurrier back to back. And there were some really weird circumstances that happened for that to occur. You know, both guys were not coaching at the time they got them, but it doesn't matter. Because of that, you could mention any coach you want, and somehow fans would convince themselves that, oh, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I hear Lincoln Riley wants to coach at both USC's before his career's over, or whatever. Uh, 
it's just the way it is with them. And so to go from that to a guy who'd never been a coordinator, it was hard for some of them to process. And those fans have really come around now from where they were at the start. They may have liked the guy, but they weren't sold. After the bowl game, very different vibe. We're talking with Heath Klein, who covers South Carolina, 107.5 in Columbia, South Carolina. They might not have gotten the big name coach in that last coaching cycle search. Uh, Beamer name certainly reverberates throughout the country. Uh, But he didn't have a ton of big-time experience. But they did get a big name from the transfer portal this offseason. Spencer Rattler goes from Oklahoma where he was the preseason Heisman Trophy betting favorite, now playing in Columbia. Uh, is is Rattler fever? Has it spread across uh, the state? What, I, how, how is that? Uh, what's the hype like going into this fall with Spencer Rattler? It's going to be fascinating because what's clear is he is the most physically talented quarterback they've ever had, and it's not debatable. I mean, they've had some other players that were good players, but they have never had a dude who can do the things physically with the ball this guy can. Yet, because he lost his job to Caleb Williams last year, there's still that, well, but is it going to happen on game day? Now, you know, losing your job to Caleb Williams is not necessarily a reflection. You're some kind of stiff here. That guy's pretty good, too, but there's just enough tempering of expectations because of the fact he came in with all those accolades you mentioned last year and then, for whatever reason, didn't hold on to the gig, that so far it's not full-fledged crazy town. Dude comes out, goes for 400 on Georgia State in the opener, and yeah, hits a couple of bombs, and yeah, they're, they're going to be convinced that, you know, look out, here it comes. But right now there's there's... Huge anticipation, but we're not quite the full-fledged crazy town yet. But I don't think it's going to take long to get there. For Kentucky fans, uh, especially those who uh, – UK had a, a commitment uh, that was on the same QB1 show that Rattler was in. And, you know, Rattler was being a high school kid who's – you know, it's easy to dislike. Um, and also the guy – people really like to see Rattler fail. And especially Kentucky fans, they they love to hate South Carolina during the preseason because of the love they get from the media. You combine both, and Kentucky fans really want to see Rattler fail. Now, with with, with that being said, I do think there is a um, – the perspective that South Carolina just hasn't traditionally had good quarterback. I mean, is Connor Shaw the best quarterback since – uh, tainy time back in the 90s. You know, like, th- th- there hasn't been a ton of good players there. So the bar is a little bit lower, relatively speaking, to South Carolina. But there still are expectations that come with his name. And I, I do wonder what happened. How does he react if the SEC defenses do get after him, take him to the turf a few times early on, and he and he gets rattled, if you will? Yeah, I mean, look, we, we can't know how he's going to handle it, obviously, come the fall. But I can tell you that there have been no issues with him since he came in. Like any, you know, teammates obviously are aware of what's out there, too. And whatever level of just kind of maybe keep a distance, wait and see what this dude's about vibe that was there, it seems to have dissipated very quickly. Uh, what, you know, I can't say for what the kid was like in high school. He hasn't said or done anything that anybody 
has had a problem with since he came to Columbia. And I think it's kind of harsh to just because somebody had someone filming you in high school and it's a reality show. So by (laughs) definition, they're looking for the most quote unquote, you know, TV worthy stuff. I think it's pretty hard to hold that against the guy forever. I think you got to let that go at some point and judge a guy by what he does. And uh, so all I I could say is he's been fine, but uh, here's a little trivia for you guys. Uh, Who, who is the last Gamecock all SEC quarterback in the history of the program? Man, um, I, I'll save you the time. There's not one. They've really? never had one. Wow. They have not, not even not even second team. They have literally never had an All SEC quarterback make the make the team. Even Shaw, if you think back to Shaw, Shaw should have probably made it one of those years. Right. But that was during a period of time where you had guys like Aaron Murray and and some other guys that were just a little bit bigger names. They've mm-hmm. literally never had an All-SEC quarterback. Vandy has had one. Missouri has had one. They've barely been in the conference. <laughs> They've had one. South Carolina has literally never had a dude be All-SEC at that position. That is how barren it has been. They haven't had a guy drafted since the 80s in a round where the, that round doesn't even exist anymore. The draft used to be 12 rounds. They haven't had a quarterback drafted in the modern era. Shaw started a game for the Browns, but he wasn't drafted. Dylan Thompson played, but he wasn't drafted. So, I mean, literally, if Spencer Rattler could do either of those two things, it's a breakthrough for this program, which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, man, that is. Man, morning, morning new things here today from Heath Klein, who covers the Gamecocks down in Columbia. Big picture speaking, last year's schedule did kind of set up nicely and you also had some teams fall by the wayside towards the end of the year where Florida uh, was, was on shaky ground with, with Mullen on his way out the door. And you were able to pick up some big wins to, to help Shane Beamer really exceed expectations in year one. Year two for Beamer, it, what, what is that range, that floor-to-ceiling range where the, the season ends after uh, the game against Clemson Thanksgiving weekend what, what what do you see as the, the highest of highs for South Carolina? And, and where is it where – where's the, the line that if he falls below it, fans are going to be like, okay, may, maybe this was lightning in a bottle that Beamer caught in year one. Maybe he might not be the guy cut out for this gig. Well, the minimum price of poker for them is you got to win your three non-clubs and non-conferences and Vandy because, I mean, they've beaten Vandy – Every year, even the year that uh, that Spurrier quit midway through the season, they still beat Vandy that year in the middle of a nightmare. So, so your minimum price of poker is you take care of Georgia State, of Charlotte, mm-hmm. uh, Furman, and then and then Vandy, and then you say, okay, out of the eight SEC games, uh, what are you going to do? You know, what can you do? Or, or the other seven SEC games, what can you do? And and that's where bare minimum you got to find your two, get to a bowl game, but to show progress, you got to find three, and so you know, win a Missouri. Yeah, won last couple against them. Certainly felt like you could have won both of them, but you didn't. Got to win a Missouri, maybe. Got to find a way to uh, try and see if you can get Kentucky back, although that's going to be easier said than done this year. Florida's in transition. Can you still get them again? And what about a Tennessee? Last year, Tennessee destroyed them, but you got them in your building this year. Can you can you function better against them? Those are the keys. You got to find those two other games. If they're six and six this year. With Rattler making the offense watchable, fans will be fine while they continue to try mm-hmm. and build because what they took over wasn't good. Don't make a bowl, okay, then especially when you get the upgrade in talent they got, the skepticism would start to seep back in. Six and six, as long as the offense looks good, they'll be fine. 
Gotcha, gotcha. And that that game, it is important to where you you get your teams um, on the schedule. Like uh, going to Florida in a trans. This is the year to go to Florida. <laughs> you know, uh, in in transition. I don't know if it's the necessarily the year. Uh, where you want to try to catch Kentucky, but maybe I'm just being uh, bullish and optimistic because Kentucky does no, have no, that's fair. <laughs> cornerback. No, it's but, uh, fair. I mean, the one, the one thing with Kentucky is you know what they're going to be pretty consistently, but you, you do wonder, it's like, okay, you know, maybe maybe having higher expectations, maybe if for whatever reason UK was to stumble a little bit, maybe that messes with their head a little bit compared to kind of that chip-on-the-shoulder underdog they've been for so much of the time, or if mm-hmm. something happened to Levis, maybe that changes the, right, the pattern. Right. Yeah. There's things, but yeah, on, on paper going in, if you're a UK fan, you should have the W next to that. That's completely fair. Well, we'll be happy to welcome you in with open arms if you do make the trip to Lexington in October. That's going to be a Keeneland day, too. So uh, do the double dip. Perfect time for a road trip. Heath Klein, we appreciate you joining us to talk a little ball about the South Carolina Gamecocks. Um, and we'll be catching up with you sometime soon. Thanks. Anytime, guys. That was Heath Klein from 107.5 in Columbia, giving a little insight in South Carolina world. And I, I will say, Justin, at least it is kind of refreshing knowing that they don't drink the Kool-Aid as much as like the regional SEC media folks do when it comes to falling in love with Shane Beamer, Spencer Rattler's the best thing ever. The fans, the people on the ground are always, I think are rightfully so, going to be much more skeptical of the hype. Uh, just because, you know, they've been burned before. Yeah, that and that's the big thing. Being an Indiana football fan, I can say that. If Once you've been burned, it's I can't believe they've to go never back had in all of this. Yeah, that's wild. That's insane. Absolutely insane. I was I was trying to rack my brain, though. Like, I can't even recall any South Carolina quarterbacks. Spur- I mean, and Spurrier was there for a decade. He yeah. couldn't get one all-SEC quarterback. Right. Garcia was fun. That was a fun time. Was, <laughs> that was something else. Oh, man. What's – um. Let's get back to this Thorns text. Hey, on. wait, uh, real quick hitter first. Since we made fun of the Reds yesterday, okay. Today we have to make fun of the Red Sox. Oh, what are the Red Sox? TJ's mean? team did something last night that has only been done three times. What was that in MLB history? Nathan Eovaldi, their starting pitcher, allowed five home runs in one inning. <laughs> Third time in Major League history. That, I mean, there's been more perfect games than that. Yeah. It's remarkable. There's been more teams to win without getting a hit. Than and then that. you know you'd think they would have pulled him after the fourth. They they pulled him. He lasted an inning and two thirds. So yeah, five home runs. Houston was up nine to one in the second inning. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, I did want to mention too. Uh, OTAs are underway, so we're getting a lot of in- interviews uh, about some of the UK guys around the NFL. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lynn Bowden, he's got a new head coach, Mike McDaniel, down in Miami. And oh, he's the guy from San Fran, isn't he? Right, like the, the nerdy looking guy yeah, that doesn't look like he should be a coach. Exactly, yeah. that's him. Um, and he gave a. I like the idea of Lynn Bowden, but he he's not practicing right now. You can't make the club in the tub, is the old saying. And Bowden had a hamstring injury that kept him out all of last year, and is still bothering him. How you can't get your hamstring right? In a year, Just I don't, don't know what. Don't do anything for two months. That's that's what like, I mean. That's it. I don't, yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I I hope he get because like this is this is a big year for him, mm-hmm. and he's got a coordinator that could seemingly use him in spots to maximize his potential. Get healthy, Lynn. You got to get healthy. 
But yeah, McDaniel's he's he will he will do some crazy things. He'll run it with him, yeah. jet sweep. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's, but, cre- but he's you, creative. But you can't make the club in the tub. So please get healthy, Lynn Bowden. We want to see you out there on Sundays next to Tyreek Hill. Oh, that could be fun. Could be a lot of fun. Did you see the uh, first ball that Tua threw to him? Was Man, like way short. Got a lot of people hating <laughs> on it. A lot of people hating on it. Somebody uh, had a theory that like maybe they were doing that just to to purposefully temper expectations on Tua. That's fair. And also just it, kind of like a Jamar Chase situation. Hard to see the ball. Make people think that Tua is bad when actually he's been woning up that gun all year to That's get ready to sling it to Tyreek Hill. Never know. You never know. Uh, let's get back to the Thornton's text on 502-414-1450. Tomorrow, we're going to be giving away tickets to Bourbon and Beyond and Loud and Life to our podcast listeners. And our podcast, it's always brought to you by our friends at Cornbread Hemp, all organic, full-spectrum CBD products that will get you feeling right. Help you get a good night's sleep like I did last night. Wake up feeling refreshed. Maybe you got some anxiety bugging you or just... Joints, a little troublesome. Use promo code BIGX at checkout to get 30% off your purchase at cornbreadhemp.com. 30% off when you use promo code BIGX. Joints. <laughs> Those podcast listeners, you're going to be able to win tickets Thursday evening over into Friday. I think it should be mandatory on Wednesdays that Joints is thrown in the ad read for Cornbread Hemp. That's a good point. Very good point. On the Thorns text line, Big Blue Drew texts in says, Love hearing about Roush rushing his yard work due to forecasted rain. Top-level dad vibes there. Looking <laughs> forward to catching up with KRC Nation tomorrow morning. It's going to be a good time. It will be. Yeah. We got we to we talk dad stuff. Got to talk cats. Rolled jeans. Rolled jeans. He's got to come in with the rolled jeans, too. He didn't last time. I don't, you Actually, I, I think he may have, now that I say that out loud. Interesting. We'll call him out on it. <laughs> uh, another texter says, Magic also drafted Jonathan Isaac top 10. Ugh, that might have been a bad draft pick. Yeah. Is he what good? A, whatever happened to him? I don't know. But I think he's just a rookie. So maybe we're holding out hope. Magic is just the most... I have one friend who is randomly a Magic and 49ers fan. So like he is the one... That's where I get my Magic updates. And usually... There are none. <laughs> he was drafted in 2017, by the way. Oh, God. So he's a bust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweet. Speaking of, yeah, I, how are you a Magic and San Fran fan? Tough to get to games. I mean, I don't think he actually goes to any of the games. But he's a 49ers fan. And it also wasn't – there's a lot of people who became 49ers fans. You know, Joe Montana, Steve mm-hmm. Young, all that. He's too young for that. It was – Vernon Davis, who he fell in love with. I have an uncle who's a big 49ers fan, and he hates it. <laughs> he hates it. Texture from the Thornton's text line says, Rutherford, Bradshaw-Wagner, not a package deal. Roush, Bradshaw-Wagner package deal. <laughs> I think that's because – I think Rutherford's saying that because Kentucky is in the lead for Bradshaw. They're in a good spot for him. So, Louisville, they don't want him to be a package deal because they want to pry the two apart, make them rivals. We want him to be a package deal. It's a great text. It is a great text. <laughs> you forgot John. I just wanted to get to that one. John here. Good morning, buddies. 
man, seeing the NBA lottery last night, and they showed a top five, and there was Sharp, and it made me feel sad for our cats. But that is great for that young man. It would be a miracle if he does come back. But you know what? Forget it. He does want to come back, and he will come back, and he wants to be number one, and we can help him do that. Okay, I've lost my mind, but I don't give a crap. Let's go, Cats. BBN for life. <laughs> we got to go talk to you later. John, at least you're admitting you've lost your mind. He ate a Mexican pizza from Taco Bell last night. So, Oh, yeah, they're think, back. I think he's already lost his mind. They are, wait, oh, no, the people no, really like those Mexican pizzas. I hate them. I hate them. See, I was too close-minded to try one at the time just because of the layered toppings was mm-hmm. odd. But I think I would enjoy it now. Well, those the tortillas get soft. And that's my issue with them. Isn't that the point? They're soft shell tortillas. Oh, they're, I think they're hard. The bottom one's hard. Oh, yeah, that is the thing. Like if you getting a hard shell taco, you've got to eat it quickly mm-hmm. once it gets soggy. And there is no. I I made the mis- this mistake recently. There is no saving it. Don't oh. put don't put it in the fridge. You're not going to eat it the next day because the shell's just going to be terrible. Even if you threw it in the oven, yeah, it would be awful. Yeah. It's like if you get a combination at a local, you know, Lex- Mexican restaurant. You if if a taco comes with it, you got to start with the taco. Yeah, then it gets soggy. Unless it's soft, soft tacos hold up pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you get a hard shell taco with your meal, that's got to be the first thing you eat, mm. no matter what the circumstance may mm. be. What a life advice from Nick Roush and Justin Kale. Especially if it's a Doritos taco. Can't I'm tell. I'm hungry. I'm yeah, we got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> the first player I remember hating in the SEC was Matt Walsh. Couldn't stand that ginger. Matt Walsh. Oh, yeah. Why's that name not ringing a bell for me? He was on those 2003 teams, so him and Matt Bonner. And um, there was an infamous chant that we cannot say no longer because it's not PC, but people really went after Matt Walsh. He's a basketball guy? Yeah. He was an all-time kind of college basketball Oh my god. Dives gosh. on the floor. Oh, very it wore the headband. Holy smokes. Very, I was surprised Walsh didn't come up in our conversation yesterday. If I would have remembered this guy, yeah, he's very a sheesh. Very easy to hate. <laughs> it's the hair for me. My gosh. Yeah. Pretty wild. Like Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> oh man. He made it to the league though. Look at him go. Played for the Heat. I love that um, my my tweet about JCPS being bad. I love what it stirred up, but I've also had somebody weigh in who said that they were recruited to a public school. Because, of course, like public schools recruit. Mm-hmm. Do you think male is good at basketball just because there's traditional school kids that go there? No. But football, football is a different story. And you know what? Mail's been pretty good at football, too. They won a state championship two years ago. Be better, folks. Be better. Last text we've got on the Thornton's text line. God, that man sounds exactly like I thought a Gamecock would. I hate them even more. Oh, love it. Happy to hear it. <laughs> love that Kentucky fans hate South Carolina fans. Preconceived notions what they sound like. But part, but part of the, the hatred, though, is a Spider-Man meme where – you're similar in a lot of aspects. The difference, though, is that South Carolina hired those big-name coaches that Kentucky was always rumored to hire. Phil Fulmer was on a plane. Or not Phil Fulmer. Um, gosh, who was the guy that coached the Cowboys? 
Giants Super Bowl coach. Um, Back in the day? Yeah. Jimmy Johnson? No, Giants Super Bowl coach. Bill Parcells. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Because Bill Parcells was going to get the job, but Cowboys opened up. He took that one because he had that opportunity. But they that, that's really the biggest difference is they got the big-name coaches, and then they had that three-year run where they won 10 games and won an SEC East. But the key to having success at these kind of programs it, is to beat up on the lower guys and then take out uh, Georgia every once in a while. Still seems weird to me, though, that South Carolina is now one of those lower ones. Yeah, and the thing was, too, they did have a little bit higher pedigree when they came into the league because they had the Rodgers-Heisman Trophy winner in the 80s. Uh, but for the most part, since they've came to the SEC, the two teams aren't that much different. And I think that's what South Carolina hates. They don't want to admit that. And Kentucky, they they hate that South Carolina won't admit it. And six of the last seven cats have won. Really had the upper hand. See, at the end of the day, South Carolina is irrelevant. So Kentucky fans shouldn't care about South Carolina. But South Carolina chirps. Folks get mad. And the detector does admit that he did seem at least a little bit more realistic than anticipated. <laughs> I thought it was a good interview. Yeah, enjoyed it very much. Can't didn't check it out. Go back on the Cornbread Hip podcast and listen to it. We got two more days this week to give out tickets to Louder Than Life. Well, one more, only one Bourbon more. And beyond one more day to give away tickets to Bourbon and Beyond. Yeah, because there's only one left. Yeah, we've only got one left. Kings of Leon are still up for grabs. We also got Red Hot Chili Peppers, Nine Inch Nails, a lot of. Outstanding headliners, one-day passes for Bourbon and Beyond and Louder Than Life. We need the Rockers tomorrow. We need the Rockers, and we need to get out of here and go get some food. Justin and I are dying. Starving. For Justin Kalen, I'm Nick Roush. Tomorrow we'll have Big Blue Drew on the show. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X. Roll Call.